Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, March 10th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them I sent you. So Mike Giotti from Comcast Sportsnet New England. He joined me over the phone this morning. We talked NFL free agency. I'm going to play that conversation for you in just a moment. And uh, yeah, NFL free agency has officially begun. Now, here in New England, the Patriots were awful quiet. And I guess I say that as of the time I record this podcast, the Patriots so far have been awful quiet. Now, things could obviously change by the time you listen to this. But uh, what we know so far with regards to free agency and the New England Patriots is that the Patriots have been interested in a couple different wide receivers. Uh, They have been outbid on a couple of these wide receivers. And, you know, a few of these guys, and really, I don't want to even call them major names or or, or top wideouts because I don't think they're that. And certainly if they came to the Patriots, they wouldn't be that because the Patriots' top two wideouts, uh, uh, Julian Edelman and and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, And to be honest, if you know my thoughts on the New England Patriots in this offseason, I don't even necessarily think they need to go out and, and get a wide receiver. But a lot of people do believe they need to do that. And at least the Patriots right now are kicking the tires on a couple guys you know, these receivers that we heard about in the first day of free agency that the Patriots were interested in and ended up signing with other teams, Rashad Matthews, um, Marvin Jones. Jones chose to sign with the Lions over the Patriots, and Matthews chose to sign with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, if, if, if you're the Patriots and these guys are choosing to go to Detroit or Tennessee, I mean, you don't want those guys anyways, right? Those aren't the guys that you want in your organization anyways. At least that that's what the Patriots do. They want players that want to come and want to win. And let's be honest, if Marvin Jones or Rashad Matthews actually wanted to come out in free agency and choose to win over anything else, then they would have not chose Tennessee or Detroit. They would have chose New England. Now, the other name that we have on the radar here is Mohamed Sanu, a former Cincinnati Bengal wide receiver also. He is still a free agent. Again, as the time I'm recording this podcast, he's a free agent. I believe they're saying he's in Atlanta today, and he's going to be coming to New England to visit tomorrow if Atlanta lets him leave. If Atlanta lets him leave. But, I mean, if you're Sanu, it's the same thing. Who do you want to play for? Do you want to play with Tom Brady and play for the New England Patriots? Or do you want to play with Matt Ryan and play for the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, come on. Come on. If it's about winning to these guys, Sanu, the obvious choice is to leave Atlanta, come to New England, see what it's like playing with the Patriots and, and at Gillette Stadium, and, and sign with the Patriots. Now, will that happen? I have no idea. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to get all worked up about it because the way I feel, again, about this Patriots team... I don't really think they need to go out and make any type of major splash this offseason. The one guy that is back that I'm, I'm telling you, I think that that can be it for the Patriots is their offensive line coach, 
Dante Skanekia, and he is back. Fix the offensive line. The Patriots will be just fine. Uh, Their defense is only going to improve upon what they did last season. They turned a lot of heads last year. Uh, They were so much better than I expected them to be after losing guys like Revis and Browner. And you got some of the young linebackers there in Jamie Collins and Hightower. I just think the Patriots' defense, combined with the fact that Tom Brady is still here and you still have Gronk, you still have Edelman, you still have Amendola, uh, fix the offensive line. And Dante Skarnecchia coming back, returning as the offensive line coach for the Patriots after retiring. Uh, you know, he retired after the Super Bowl win. And then last year was not around, but they brought him back. That is the best Patriots news of the offseason to me. And, and I do believe that uh, when the offseason is over and we get into training camp, the Dante Skarnecki return will be the biggest story uh, for this Patriots team when it comes to the impact on the field that, that Dante Skarnecki will have on this offensive line and ultimately on this Patriots offense helping Tom Brady out more than the offensive line helped him out in the AFC Championship against the Denver Broncos. So NFL free agency, it has begun. And uh, I'm just, I'm trying to get through the week here, folks. I got a, a vacation coming up. I'm going to Dominican on Sunday. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to not check out. I have not checked out yet. But, but it, it, I'm not going to lie. It is a battle. You know, when you have that vacation, that week-long vacation in the Dominican uh, on your schedule and you can see it, you know, it's, it's tough not to check out. But, hey, I haven't checked out yet. And uh, Mike Giotti, he joined me this morning to help me not check out. We talked NFL free agency and, more importantly, some of the ridiculous money that's been thrown out there so far in the last 24 hours in the first day of free agency, especially with the quarterbacks. Brock Osweiler, I mean, four years, 72 mil, 37 guaranteed. I'll give you my full reaction to that and some other things that happened. And Tom Brady, the extension, the details of his, of his extension have come out. Uh, I talked about that as well with Mike Giotti and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, stick around after this conversation because afterwards I will wrap it up with some of my thoughts on what we've seen so far here in NFL free agency. But Mike Giotti, Comcast Sportsnet New England, he joined me over the phone this morning. Here it is, and again, stick around afterwards. All right, joining me over the phone right now is Mike Giotti from Comcast Sportsnet New England. NFL free agency officially began yesterday, and uh, Mike, the Patriots, they were quiet, but the rest of the league certainly wasn't. And I want to start with uh, the quarterbacks around the league, and, and, and I'll get to the details of Tom Brady's extension, which just came out. Uh, right before I'm beginning this conversation with you, but Brock Osweiler is the guy yesterday. He gets a four-year deal, 72 mil, 37 mil guaranteed, and it's not with Denver. It's with the Houston Texans. Your reaction of this contract, forget about the team, just the numbers for Brock Osweiler. Well, I mean, I look at what Sam Bradford just signed for, and Sam Bradford has a resume that's at least certainly longer and I guess somewhat more accomplished than Osweiler because he's played more games. I think it's just the going rate for that position now. Uh, it's stupid money, but with the cap going up like it is, everything kind of changes now. You're going to have to adjust your, 
You know, it's just like the NBA, you know, where he said, well, it's more for a max player. You know, you can't give him 25 to $30 million a year. Well, with the new TV money, that's just the way it's going to be. So I think we're in the same kind of boat where the cap's going to keep going up and these contracts are going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to say, that guy's not that kind of player, but that's what the money is allowing them to do. That's what the cap's allowing them to do. So uh, from that standpoint, I, I'm not really all that surprised by the money. I, mean, I just think, the, like I said, it's getting crazy. However, obviously walking away from Denver and going to Houston is uh, a pretty big deal because she was groomed. That was Elway's guy. Uh, Elway groomed him to be the successor. Uh, they gave him an opportunity this year, which he did fairly well with. Um, and I think pretty clear that his feelings were hurt by the fact that they benched him at the end there. Uh, you, know, you saw the report yesterday from Mike Bliss, who knows that team as well as anybody, and said, you know, he stopped returning phone calls from coaches two weeks ago, from most of his teammates two weeks ago. So it seems like he made up his mind a long time ago that he wasn't coming back. Because also, you know, you see that the Broncos were unwilling to match those numbers, the four years for 72 mil with 37 guaranteed. I mean, do you think it was more of that or more of what you just said, like Osweiler wasn't going to go back to Denver anyways? I think they got a good read on it. I think when, when he starts tuning people out that are important, tuning people out that you're supposedly going to be working with for the next three or four years, why would you want to continue to press the envelope? I think Elway had a comment yesterday about we want guys who want to be here, and I think they read the tea leaves that that guy doesn't want to be here. And and maybe his behavior, too, in the aftermath of benching was something that gave them an indication as well that, um, you know, this guy – he pouted, and I'm not sure I want my quarterback and someone I want to, I'm going to have to pay a lot of money for. I'm not sure I want him to be the kind of guy that goes into a shell like that. So uh, their, their backup options are scary, but, uh, you know, Kubiak offense, he wants the, the play action, the stretch runs, the bootleg. So, you know, they're being linked to Kaepernick. They're being linked to RG3. I even saw Mandel's name got thrown out there, although I, I don't think that's really reasonable. But, um they might be in a situation where they're looking for a reclamation project here and, and sort of a bridge quarterback and maybe have to draft one in, in, the, uh, in the upcoming draft. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world for Denver. I mean, this is a ridiculously huge contract, and I know the salary cap's going up, and you look around, you mentioned Bradford. Uh, I, I mean, for crying out loud, Chase Daniel, who has one career touchdown pass just signed a 21 million dollar <laughs> yeah. deal to be a backup or at least they're saying in philly he's going to be able to compete but i mean 21 mil over three years it, it, it's crazy for someone who only has one career touchdown pass well, but if look i'm with the Rams, look what the rams did too. the rams put a first round tender on case keenum so if you want to find case keenum yeah give up a first round pick for case keenum <laughs> i mean look i get quarterbacking in this league is a little screwy but that like that, just it goes straight how insane that position in the market is getting. Yeah, and, and I guess that brings us to the details now of Tom Brady's extension. They are coming out a twenty-eight million dollars signing bonus. Uh, it creates only one million in cap space this year, two million in cap space next year, and you look at the cap hit in two thousand eighteen, which will be twenty-two mil. And I also have to point out, and I'm sure you will, Mike, that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is up after 2017, which could make for an interesting situation. But what's your reaction to the details now of the Tom Brady extension that are coming out today? 
slightly surprised that he's not saving them more money against the cap. Um, not willing to throw the uh, the tons of bouquets that the uh, suck ups are throwing in his direction right now because um, he's getting he's getting money. He's getting a lot of guaranteed money. This is what he continues to do. And look, he he does more than some other guys. I mean, Drew Brees has handicapped the Saints for three or four years by refusing to take pay cuts and mess with his ridiculous cap number. Joe Flacco just messed with his cap number and barely did anything for them, even though his cap number is obscene. Um, so, look, he, he's willing to play ball to a certain degree, but it, it never doesn't benefit him either. He, he's getting a lot of guaranteed money. He's, get, he's locking up more guaranteed money than before. And those last two years that deal to him, he had $22 million per uh, he's not gonna. He's not playing under that contract. That, that they, if he gets to that point and he's still playing and still effective, and they choose him over Jimmy Garoppolo, um, then he's gonna have to redo that deal and he's gonna have to lower that number. And I, I would imagine he'll have to lower that number significantly. Not like this recent one where the numbers don't get moved around all that, all that much. Well, do you do you see that happening? I mean, because I look at Brady and obviously you you see him play. I mean. I I think he's going to be playing at a high level in the next couple of years. So I could certainly see in two years, Tom Brady uh, still has numbers, which we're looking at him saying, okay, he's still an elite quarterback in this league. So if that's the case in two years, what do you think happens? Because I mentioned uh, Garoppolo and his situation. I mean, where do you think, where do you think the organization will go? And, and, and maybe more importantly, where do you think Brady's head will be at, at at that point? If Just just when you gauge it based on what we've seen. Well, I look at it this way. If Brady has another uh, year like he had last year, continues to show no signs of, of dramatic drop-offs, or even really, I mean, he had that slight drop-off two years ago at the beginning, mm. and then, you know, we, we all know what happened after that. Um then I would say Garoppolo is on the trade market next offseason. Um, and maybe you have the benefit based on what's going on with the, the courts and how that recent hearing went, that maybe you'll have the benefit of seeing Garoppolo play two or three or four games as a starting quarterback next year because of a possible suspension. And you know, the hope there is that he goes in there and does a good job and builds his value and then, you know, if Brady continues to play well when he returns to suspension, then you're looking at a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, which means that draft pick and the investment in time he's made in him was the right choice. Uh, I mean, I still think it was the right choice, but I think they needed to, A, light a little bit of a fire under Tom, and I think based on how the previous couple of years had gone before drafting Garoppolo, that, you know, it was time to start thinking about the next guy. Now Tom has turned back time, you know, the hands of time, and he's played great. So that's the way I look at that from, from a Garoppolo standpoint. From a Brady standpoint, two years from now, you get to that point. Um, who knows what the financial landscape's going to be? I mean, I'm, I, I'm assuming the cap's going to keep going up $10, $12 million a year. Um, and maybe $22 million at that point is tolerable for them. Um, and maybe, you know, the number kicks down a couple million. Maybe again, to 20 or 19 And again, you just guarantee a little bit more money for them. Because like I said, when he's on, when he's done all these deals, he's made sure that he has guaranteed his money and he's getting paid. So um, he helped them, but it, it's, not, uh, it's not to the extent I think some people think it is. Yeah, I mean, I guess I look at Brady and I still say 
even with that said, I still say it's he's unselfish because if he wanted to, Mike Brady could Absolutely. go out. He he could ask to be the highest paid player in the history of the game. You know, he could he knows what's going on with the salary cap. He sees it, and he could ask to be literally the highest paid player that's ever played the game. And he's not doing that. So in that sense, I do look at it and say, okay, he's still being unselfish. But but just to yeah, get, not, I, I should have probably done a better job of explaining myself. I'm just saying that people are like, oh, his, his, there's 22 quarterbacks who are going to make more money than he is next year. Well, yeah, but the amount of guaranteed money that he has gotten out of them in, in these the various renegotiations, when you add it all up, he's still getting paid huh. an incredible amount of money. It's just. I get you, though, because there are a lot of guys that won't play ball, and he could play ball or he could play hardball, as guys like I said, Breeze have done, and what other alternative does the franchise have when he's a franchise player? You pretty much have to have to pay him or make a tough decision and walk away, and you don't you don't know what you have behind him. And then you see teams walk away from quarterback, and they turn to a just crap. Uh, they could... They haven't had to go that way, and in part, as you said, because he has been unselfish. When you know, and if you put yourself put yourself in the shoes of Belichick, real quick, Mike, and 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 that might look that's a that's actually a difficult thing to do. I understand that, but I try to do it all the time. And uh, I guess when you look at now the quarterback scene around the league, and we mentioned these big quarter, these big deals for these quarterbacks that that you know haven't really proven much. You talked about possibly entertaining the idea of, of moving Garoppolo next year. If you're the Patriots, would you entertain that idea this year, right now, seeing the, uh, you know a $72 million contract for Brock Osweiler and a $21 million contract for Chase Daniel? Clearly, these quarterbacks are valued, even if they haven't proven to be uh, you know starting quarterbacks in this league even for an entire season. Would you entertain the idea of moving Garoppolo now? I wonder at this point, despite the, the crazy money that's being thrown around, if you get anything better than it's two for him. And to me, with the time you've invested in him and the potential, again, because it was ridiculous to play Gate, that you could need him to be your starting quarterback for a stretch next year, mm. uh, that I think he has more value to your team than he does in trading him away and acquiring another draft pick. Uh, in fact, I, I'm on record with this. Uh, and I don't know what kind of market there would be for Chandler Jones, but I would trade Chandler Jones for a second-round pick before I would trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick. Um, and that's just based on his history. And then, again, when you look at the numbers and what just happened with uh, Olivier Vernon, for instance, uh, $52.5 million guaranteed, that's what Chandler Jones is going to be looking for. And I don't think even with the escalating – uh, salary cap that that's a number that the Patriots would be willing to go for a guy that has proven to be unreliable at times or disappear at times. So um, I would I would explore the idea of trading Chandler Jones if you're really desperate to pick up another draft pick as opposed to doing Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, well, we're getting away from, from quarterbacks for, for right now, and we talk about guys who, you know, playing hardball or aren't playing hardball with regards to their salaries and the salary cap increasing – and when you say that, I think of Gronk. And I want your reaction to that tweet that he threw out after the Patriots picked up the option on Rob Gronkowski, uh, the remaining four years on this deal, on that six-year extension that was signed uh, a couple of years ago. The Patriots picked up that option and gave him the remaining of the $10 million bonus. Now, they had to pick that up before 
Wednesday, right? So that he wouldn't become a free agent. It was a pretty obvious thing to do if you're the Patriots, but Gronk had a little tweet, and I know it was... You know, I think he threw that tweet out there in jest, but at the same time, just him tweeting out the words, pay cut, we know how much of a businessman Gronk can be. I don't think he just, th- now I don't believe he's go- he's ready to hold out or he's unhappy, but I, I don't think he throws out that tweet without a purpose. Like, I-, I-, I think there's some meaning behind that tweet with regards to the business side of what Rob Gronkowski brings to the table. Yeah, to mix my sports metaphors again, he just he threw a fastball inside and backed up off the plate. <laughs> he wanted you to he wanted you to take notice. I'm not ready to hit you yet, but I will if I have to. Um, look, when he signed that deal, it was the richest deal ever given to a tight end, um, and he wasn't complaining about it then. So you you sign these deals, you sign these long term deals. They put this little hedge in there that could the potential to make more money later on. Um, nobody had a problem agreeing to that on the ground side of things. Um, so you, you live with what you, you sign. However, again, you look at the market and how it explodes. You look at his father and the, the, the businessman that he is and how they protected Gronk at various points over the course of his career after the incident with the, after the initial incident with the doctors, mm-hmm. uh, maybe rushing him back too soon that they, view him as a, an incredible commodity and they will take care of him and they will maximize every dollar they can out of him. And if you looked at his Twitter feed prior to that tweet, it's all this promo stuff for the things that he does, like his this cruise or his whatever, all his business interviews, you know, his TV show on Nickelodeon, like there's just personal in there. And then all of a sudden there's this tweet about his money. Hmm. Um, look, I think, Last year, I believe it was last year, they gave him $4 million at the beginning of the year off the tap that they were supposed to give him at this date this past week. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that was by coincidence either. I'm quite certain that at some point they were like, hey, you know, doing what you asked him to do, he's producing at a ridiculous level, and he's not getting paid now what he deserves to be paid. And I think they threw him a little bone, and they gave him $4 million when he there was no reason to give him four million. They could have waited until just this week to do it. I think there was something in that too. So um, I don't think we're at the point where he's not going to show up for for off-season, tra- off-season training activities and, and some of the field work that they start to do in April. Um, but I think maybe next year we might be getting to the point where a holdout is not out of the realm of possibility. Continues to do at the level that he has. And, and, and oh, by the way, Drew Rosenhaus is invasion. Yep. And Rosenhaus is the guy that got Dwayne Allen that crazy deal from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne Allen is a talented guy who's basically been hurt for three years. And Dwayne Allen got a four-year, $30 million contract, and he guarantees it somewhere in the $15, 16000000 million range for a guy who caught 16 passes for 119 yards last year. So, um, and, and Rosenhaus offered no comment when asked about Brown's tweet. So, you piece it all together. There's definitely something going on. I just, I, I think it's a little too early to, to assume that he is going to say, I'm not coming. I'm not going to do this now. But I think we're getting there. I think, I think within the next year, we could be at a point where if something doesn't get done, you could see him take a strong stance. Yeah, and you mentioned Rosenhaus. And uh, the, Rosenhaus has made it very clear. 
he literally almost threw down in a fist fight to to be Gronk's agent. Uh, uh, that was the story he's yep. been open to telling yep. that, that that he fought. He literally told another agent, "All right, let's go, let's do this, let's square off," because the other agent was trying to get Gronk, but Drew Rosenhaus wanted him, and the other guy just walked away. So Rosenhaus, he's proven literally, he's been willing to fight for Gronk. And what I think this tweet does, Mike, and I agree, I, I, I he's Gronk's not ready to hold out right now, but he sees the landscape. He sees the salary cap increasing, and he knows that with this option the Patriots just picked up, it's a no-brainer for the Patriots. But really, the contract now, the Patriots have the advantage. And I think Rosenhaus, who who has fought for Gronk before, and he's going to keep fighting for him, I think this is, to, and to use my sports analogy, use a baseball one, I'm going to use a boxing one, Rosenhaus and Gronkowski with this tweet, they're basically saying, okay, the next punch is ours to throw. Like, it's ours to yep. throw. Like, we are going to throw the next punch. We're not going to do it right now, but here's the deal. This four-year extension, we're, we're going to need something else. We're going to need to get back to the uh, negotiation table at some point. I think that's all this is. Yeah, I would agree completely. And, I, hey, it makes perfect business sense from, from, from their standpoint when they look at the landscape. And I know, hey, you signed the contract, but you know how NFL contracts work. They're, they're hardly one-sided. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be cut at any time, and and you see it across the board. Um, so you have to protect your interest, and you have to get every single dollar you can. I I, I remember the discussion. Uh, Logan Mankins, who just retired, I remember the discussion about people. Well, he should have taken a pay cut, and see, he missed out on winning a ring. And I know Logan pretty well, and Logan's one of the few guys that ever went toe to toe with Belichick, and you know the holdout. And he got paid, and he got paid the most money, I believe, at the time of any interior offensive lineman, and he got his money. Um, and Logan's point all along was, yeah, I'm, I, I love my team. I love playing for the Patriots. I love playing for Brady. But these sons of bitches don't care about me. Hmm. When it's over, 10 years from now, when I need a new hip and a new knee, um, Jonathan Kraft is not going to be there to help me walk down the stairs. You know, I'm going to have to deal with this myself. So if I'm going to sacrifice my body for you, I'm going to get every dollar that I deserve. And when he wasn't willing to take a pay cut, screw you, cut me, because I know I'm going to get paid. And you know what? He was right. Tampa Bay gave him money. Did he win there? No. But he got paid. And I know people were like, oh, you got to win the ring. Look, man, put yourself in those shoes. And 99 out of 100 people would say, well, I can make an extra $12 million. Yeah, I'm going to go make the extra $12 million. Yeah, go make the money. I, I certainly don't blame him, and I don't blame Gronk. If at some point him and Rosenhaus do put up a fight. Uh, Mike, finally, you know, this free agency period, and, and this can be a dangerous thing for, for a podcast to ask someone to make a prediction right now in the morning <laughs> where by the time this gets out, you know, things could change. Though, if you look at the Patriots, they've been very quiet. Uh, you know, there have been some moves, some guys that, that, that you liked, and I saw you tweet about, like, uh, Rashad Matthews, uh, wide receiver, but he goes to Tennessee. Uh, there have been some other pl- some other players that are out there that people want to see the Patriots get. But I mean, if you had to to gauge, maybe I-, I guess we'll say position. Like what position the Patriots go out and make a move? What's the position? Is it wide receiver? Because that's all we're talking about, or or is it something completely different? No, I, I think they're they're. I think they went into free agency and they said to themselves, we need a wide receiver, at least one. We need a running back, and we need a tight end. Tight end market is completely picked over. I mean, everybody who was anybody 
and worth anything is gone. They all got they all got either taken care of prior to free agency or yesterday. Mm. Um, wide receiver, they got real close. With, uh, you know, I tweeted it. They were optimistic to get a deal done with Matthews. They were at the table. They were negotiating numbers. They could not close the final gap. Um, and the other issue there was Matthews believes there's more opportunity for him in Tennessee to catch the football. And he, he's not wrong. He'd be the fourth or fifth option here. Um, he has the potential, even though they've invested some, some draft capital in wide receivers over there, he has the potential to be the number one receiver there. And that's not something that was going to happen here and probably was something that would never happen for him here. Yeah. So, you know, sign a three-year deal, and if you get 70 balls a year, you open yourself up for a big contract after that as well. So you get another kick at the can, which most guys don't. Um, they, they were in on every wide receiver. You know, they, my understanding with, the, with Jones was, that Jones was enamored with the idea of playing for Brady, with Brady, uh, and obviously winning a championship. So the money was not necessarily close, but close enough that he said it was a hard decision, and I put him in my top three. Um, they were they were in on Benjamin as well, who signed with San Diego, more of a slot guy, uh, a smaller slot guy, and I think their, their, their primary need still remains someone who can line up outside the numbers and basically give you what LaFell gave me two years ago. Um, so I, I think there, there, you know, there's still names out there, some veteran guys that you probably get on one-year deals or, or a phony second year on the deal mm. that they, they've been in touch with. And I think that's, I think there's still players at that position that potentially could help you. I don't know how much some of these guys have left in the tank, but could potentially help you. And I think I would be surprised if they don't walk away with one of those guys in the next day or two. I tell you what, I, the the only guy that I'm I'm that I'm concerned with, and and he's coming back is Dante Skarnecchia, right? I mean that's the that, to me this is a success. Skarnecchia comes back, helps fix the offensive line, and when the offensive line is fixed, what do we do? Regardless of who they have out there, Mike, we always say, well, they got all these weapons. They got this guy. They got that guy. When they're protecting Brady, all is right in the world. So Skarnecchia is back, Mike, and I'm fine with it. That that I'm good with this offseason. Well, you look at, at Danny, I, uh, I believe it was Miguel from, uh, who does a, a great job with his Patriots salary cap on Twitter. Um, he tweeted out something as everybody was starting to get panicky last night when, when Matthews had signed and some of these other names were interested and had, had all gone off the board. He's like, guys, you realize that all 22 starters from the AFC Championship game, and I know there were some injuries going in that game, but all 22 guys who started for your football team are either still on your football team or well, no, they're all still here. Yeah. He didn't start that game, and he's the guy that they're talking to and trying to bring back. So, uh, And you have a couple guys coming back from injuries did not play in that game that are important players. So they're, they're, they didn't need to do anything crazy in free agency. If anything, and I think you and I talked about this a while ago, your biggest concern here with this team is making sure you take care of the guys that are on your team. And whether that's, you know, making Gronk happier, whether that's this year or next year, and maybe give a little tweet there to Edelman, but it's Jamie Towns, it's Dante Hightower, it's Malcolm Butler, it's to a lesser degree Logan Ryan. Those are the guys, mm. because those are the guys that you built a foundation on defensively, and you had a defense last year that was a championship caliber defense that was really, with your offense, just peeing all over itself after that opening drive that they allowed Denver by playing this off D kept you in that game to the bitter end. They are legit. 
They should be better next year. Um, and those are the guys that I, I'll, you know, if you're going to spend your money, spend your money on those guys. Sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. He is Mike Giotti, Comcast Sportsnet, New England. Uh, Mike, great stuff as always. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, Danny. All right, great stuff right there from Mike Giotti, Comcast Sportsnet, New England. And as NFL free agency continues, you know, when I look back at the first day of NFL free agency, the one deal that really jumps off the screen to me, that jumps off the page, is the Brock Osweiler contract. And Brock Osweiler, as you know, he leaves Denver, he goes to Houston, signs with the Texans. It's a four-year, $72 million deal with $37 million guaranteed. And if you just look at the, 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 the deal, big picture, four years, 72 mil, that comes out to be an average annual salary of 18 mil a season. And if you had told me going into this offseason that Brock Osweiler was going to get a four-year, $72 million deal with $37 million guaranteed, I would have laughed in your face. And in fact, you know, the only one laughing right now is Brock Osweiler. And, and also, in fact, I believe that the Denver Broncos might also be laughing as well because as much as we could talk about Brock Osweiler just didn't want to be in Denver, but Denver still wanted him, at the end of the day, the Broncos did not match that four-year $72 million offer for whatever reason. I think the biggest reason had to have been the money. The money that Osweiler is going to get when you talk about what this guy has done in this league. Now, I get it. The quarterback position in the NFL, it is the most important position. I've said it many times, and I believe this to be true. If you do not have a dominant quarterback in this league, you will not win. You will not win. I'll be the first person to tell you that. And the first team to tell you that will be the Houston Texans. Because we have had the same problem and the same conversation with this team year after year. Year after year. The Houston Texans have the same issues every single season. And that's they don't have a quarterback. They don't. So they go out and they spend big money on someone who they think is going to be a good quarterback. But you're not paying him to be a good quarterback now. You're paying him to be a great quarterback. You can say all you want about the NFL salary cap skyrocketing and maybe continuing to skyrocket as we move forward. But the bottom line is this. You are paying Brock Osweiler to be among the top 10 highest paid QBs in the league next year. And I'm sorry. When it comes to, you know, what have you done for me lately or what have you proven to be a top 10 paid quarterback in the league, Brock Osweiler has done nothing to prove to me that he is that type of QB. I mean, Osweiler has been a backup quarterback the last four years. All right, he's 25 years old. He turns 26 in November. Last year was his best season. He came in uh, to replace Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning got hurt and when Peyton Manning was, was terrible. Osweiler, eight games, 1,967 yards passing, 10 touchdown passes, Six interceptions, all right? Um, that's one. That's one season. And it's not even a full season, folks. It's eight games. It's half a season. And, of course, as you know, 
He wasn't even the starting quarterback for the Broncos at the end of the year because Peyton Manning came in in Week 17, and then Peyton Manning was the quarterback uh, of the Denver Broncos, of a Denver Broncos team that won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying they won it because of Peyton Manning. I'm telling you they won it because of defense. They won it because of Von Miller. But still, Brock Osweiler is a guy that hasn't proved, he hasn't proven shit to me. He hasn't. And Houston Texans are going to go out and give him a $72 million deal with 37 mil guaranteed? That's insane to me. Insane. And you, and I know you're going to go with the theory, well, you need a quarterback. They need one. So they, with the salary cap skyrocketing, they're willing to pay. Well, I just feel like now you've locked yourself in to $37 million guaranteed to a guy that you don't know you know, perhaps you could have gone out and, and made a move to actually go out and get someone who's a proven quarterback, like a Colin Kaepernick. Go out and make a trade for him. I, you know, I don't know what the 49ers would ask for, but Kaepernick is someone who at least has expressed he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be a starter. He does not want to be in any type of quarterback competition. Now, I get that Kaepernick is someone who struggled last year. I get it. Lost his starting job. But when you look at Kaepernick and how young he is and and what he's done in this league already, I mean, he's played in the Super Bowl. He's played in the Super Bowl. So what has Brock Osweiler done? That, that's my question. That makes you think he's worth a four-year deal for 72 mil, 37 guaranteed, right? What, what has he done to make you believe this is the guy if you're the Houston Texans? I get it. You need a quarterback. But what has Osweiler done to make you think this is the guy? I just... I, he hasn't he hasn't proven anything to me yet. And and you could say, well, he stepped in and he can make the big throws downfield. And we saw him in that game against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Um, all right, we saw that. But we also saw Brock Osweiler. There was a stretch there when he took over for Peyton Manning that Osweiler still was not that good. So it's not like you got two, three years of, of full seasons. He has yet to play a full NFL season. I can't believe the contract that was given to the guy. And in fact, I think if you're the Denver Broncos and you are keeping in touch with Osweiler's people, his agent, whoever it may be, when, when that number comes to you that the Texans are offering him a four-year, $72 million deal with 37 guaranteed, if you're the Broncos, I don't care what you think his upside might be. You know what he's done, and it isn't really a lot. So I think you got to laugh. I, if, if you're John Elway, he must have had a good old laugh when that number came in. Hey, you want to match this? Well, four years, 72 mil. You want to match it, John? He must have laughed at that. Come on. Like, you need a quarterback. I get it. But Osweiler isn't, you know, the be-all, end-all at that position. I mean, he's never played a full NFL season. It's ridiculous. There are other options of guys who have played full NFL seasons who will be better than Peyton Manning, right? And I, you can say what you want about Denver's defense and what, what it might look like next year. Um, I think you've got to be confident in your defense that it's going to be good enough that if you plug in a quarterback who's going to be better than Peyton Manning, I mean, look, you could bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and I think that he'd be able to make better throws than Peyton Manning did down the stretch. Might not be might not be the play caller or the game manager that Peyton is, but maybe you can work with him. You know, if you're Kubiak, you can work with him. If you're John Elway, you can work with him, for crying out loud. But I, I, you can 
Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick can make some better throws and some better plays than Peyton Manning can, could, at the end of last season. And, and if you're the Broncos, you're looking at it going, we could get someone like that. Now, the problem you run into is someone like Fitzpatrick is going to see the money that, that's thrown Osweiler's direction. It's going to see the money that's thrown Chase Daniels' direction. And I know what you're saying. Who? Chase? I didn't even say his name right. It's Chase Daniel. There's not even an S at the end of his name, which, which is weird to me, right? Usually, see, you just, every time you say his name, you think Chase Daniels. No, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Uh, Chase Daniel, okay, has thrown... One career touchdown pass. Now, I I believe I'm reading this correctly. This is what I see on his page on ESPN. Chase Daniel, okay, has has been in the league one, two, three, four, five, six years in the league. Has played for two different teams. And with those two different teams in those six years in the league, Chase Daniel has played... In 55 NFL games, okay, 55 NFL games, he has thrown one career touchdown pass, has one career interception, but but get this, one he's also he's only thrown one more touchdown pass in the NFL than I have, only one more than me, and Chase Daniel signed a three-year, 21 million dollar deal. It comes out to an average annual of seven million a year. Three years, $21 million with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's probably not even going to start unless the Eagles move Sam Bradford now, which I don't know that I expect them to do. They just signed Sam Bradford to a two-year deal at $36 million, which is, again, average annual $18 million per, which is, again, another insane contract. At least Bradford has played full NFL seasons. Osweiler hasn't, but Chase Daniel... Has one fucking touchdown in his career. Then he signs a $21 million deal. So if you are someone like Fitzpatrick, if you're another quarterback that's out there, you're looking at some of these numbers that are, and some of these contracts that are be given to quarterbacks who haven't proved anything, and you're saying, all right, even if I've only done just, just a little bit in this league, it's better than Chase Daniel which means that I should probably be getting more than 21 mil out there. Now, you could probably say the same thing about Brock Osweiler. I, I just, holy shit. I mean, the, the, the numbers that are being dished out, the money that's being dished out to quarterbacks right now is insane. And when you see those numbers and you come back here to New England and the Patriots and Tom Brady's contract, well, we know some details now. We know the details of Tom Brady's extension. They are coming out. Uh, The extension that Brady signed, the two-year extension that keeps him in New England, what, through 2019, so for the next four seasons, that extension included a $28 million signing bonus. It creates $1 million in cap space this year and $2 million in cap space for the Patriots in 2017 which isn't really that much, so was kind of confusing to me at first because I just sort of figured that with this extension, yes, we heard that 
and expect that it would create some space under the salary cap for the Patriots. I thought it would be more than $1 million this season and more than $2 million, but that's what it is. Uh, creates $3 million in cap space over the next two years, and it brings us to an interesting situation leading into the 2018 season in which Brady's cap hit will be $22 mil. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo heading into the 2018 season, will be a free agent. His contract will be up. So the Patriots have an, it will have an interesting decision there. And, I mean, if I'm the Pats right now, I'm seeing what the interest level is in Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, if you're a team that is looking for a quarterback, and again, Denver's looking for one. If you're a team like Denver, there are a couple teams out there. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback, I would think, at the end of the day. And you don't want to spend, you know, $36 million on a guy who hasn't, you know, $36 million or, or $30 million guaranteed on a guy who hasn't proven anything in this league, which is what seems to be the market right now, then perhaps you take a gamble and make a trade on someone who's under contract for the next two years, like a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, perhaps the Patriots entertain the idea of trading him right now if it means they could get a couple draft picks in return. We'll see. I mean, if I'm Bill Belichick, I would probably entertain that idea. So we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on something like that. But if they don't and they keep Garoppolo around, guess what? They're going to have an interesting decision to make going into the 2018 season. Uh, But for right now, when we look at Tom Brady, and, and I get it, Tom Brady isn't taking this ginormous pay cut uh, that maybe some reports might might lead us to believe. But at the same time, when you look at someone like Brock Osweiler, who just signs a $72 million deal, if you're Tom Brady, you have every right in the world to say, I want to make $100 million more than that guy. And, and I'm exaggerating with the $100 million, but you get what I'm saying. Osweiler and Brady's contracts shouldn't be anywhere close to each other at all. They just shouldn't. It's two different things. This is a legend. Tom Brady, arguably the greatest of all time, still playing at an extremely high level. Okay? Giving his Patriots team a chance to win a Super Bowl every single year. And then you have Brock Osweiler, who has never even played a full NFL season. Signs a four-year, $72 million deal. It's crazy. So my point is Brady has every right in the world to ask to be the highest paid quarterback in the history of the NFL. And the fact that he doesn't do that, uh, it leads me me to put this title of unselfish over Tom Brady's name. he's, He's being unselfish. He is. By not asking to be the highest paid, forget quarterback, player, obviously quarterbacks are the highest paid players in the league anyways, but highest paid player in in NFL history, Brady, if he really wanted to, has has the right to do that. He's been that good, but he's not doing that. So um, you look around the landscape of the NFL, and you look around at the money being dished out to QBs, and I think you need to appreciate back here in New England, uh, Tom Brady not asking to be the highest paid player in the history of the league because he does have every right to do it. Uh, but you see somebody's some of these deals, and, you know, and somebody that, that, and I brought this up with Mike Giotti, that's probably looking at the Osweiler deal. Forget about Dwayne Allen. I know you want to compare tight end contracts to tight end contracts. 
Rob Gronkowski's probably looking at the Dwayne Allen contract. Four years, 30 mil with the Indianapolis Colts. And um, Gronkowski, who's what? A year older, not even, than, than Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen, 26. Gronkowski turns 27 in May. Uh, Gronkowski finished last season with 72 receptions for 1,176 yards and 11 touchdowns. So, yeah, Gronkowski had more receiving yards last year in one season than Dwayne Allen has had in his entire career. And, in fact, when you look at Gronkowski um, in his career, Gronkowski has 380 career receptions for 5,555 yards receiving and 65 touchdowns. Dwayne Allen, so, so let, let's break it down this way. Gronkowski has already had three seasons where he has caught for more yards, he has more reception yards in each of those three single seasons than Allen has in his career. He's already had three years like that of over 1,045 yards receiving, which is what Dwayne Allen's career total is. And Gronk surpassing that in single seasons already three times. Gronkowski has every right in the world to sit there and say, I should be getting paid way more than Dwayne Allen. We shouldn't even be close. We shouldn't even be close. And, but forget about that. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Who's a, who's a bigger impact to an NFL team right now? Rob Gronkowski or Brock Osweiler? And I'm not, I'm not talking about what you think Osweiler's going to be. Because I don't even know how you would come up with that. What has he done? He can throw the football? All right, great. Show it to me in a full season. Right? Show it to me in a full NFL season. But who has more, the, who has more impact right now on an NFL team based on what they've done in the past? Osweiler or Gronk? Well, let, let me tell you this. Osweiler, as I mentioned, never played a full NFL season. Um, he had 10 touchdown passes in eight games last year. That's a career high. Gronkowski has played six years in the NFL. He has only had one season with less than 10 touchdown receptions in those six years as a tight end. Again, 10 touchdown passes is Osweiler's career high in a single season, and it happened last year. Gronk has had only one season in which he finished with less than 10 touchdown receptions. I mean, this is so insane, it's not even funny. And if I'm Gronk, the wheels are turning. And I think you go back to that tweet the other day that I talked about, in which him, Gronk and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, and I just talked about this with Mike Giotti. I mean, come on now. This is, this isn't even, this isn't even fair. Like, we're getting into unfair territory now. That's what we're getting into. When, when you talk about the impact that someone like Osweiler has on the field and someone like Gronk has on the field. And I get it. Osweiler is a quarterback. Quarterbacks are the highest paid players in the league. But what has Osweiler done for anybody? Can someone explain that to me? I, you, you might say, well, he has upside. And he showed some potential. And he made some big plays with Denver. I also saw him suck at times with Denver, right? And 
In fact, if Osweiler, you know, he had a look, he had a chance. And it just it didn't something wasn't right with Brock Osweiler with that Denver offense leading into the week 17 game in which they made the change. And uh they still won. They they won without Osweiler. So his contract with Houston is ridiculous. And uh I think if you're Denver, you know, if you're Denver. I don't know that you're sitting there kicking yourself today because do you really want to get yourself wrapped up into that type of contract with Brock Osweiler? Do you? I, I don't know that I look at them and, and, and think they're so stupid for not bringing him back and not matching that contract. I mean, I probably wouldn't match it either. And if I'm the Texans, I say, well, guess what? We spent, we needed a QB, but I still would have issues. I, I mean, I still would have questions and if I'm a Texans fan, I, I think I got an issue with this. It's a lot of money for a guy that you don't know is going to be an elite quarterback. But you're paying him as a top 10. You can't convince me he's going to be top 10. You can't convince me he's going to be top 20 next year. You can't do it. So if I'm a Texans fan, I got questions. And uh, if I'm the Patriots, uh, I'm happy that I still got Tom Brady around. If I'm Gronk, I'm looking around going, what the fuck? Where's my money? And he's, look, Gronk signed the extension. I get it. And he's got to play under it. But you got to expect that Gronk, as the salary cap continues to increase, if Gronk continues to put up ridiculous numbers, him and Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, they are going to try to get the Patriots back to the negotiation table at some point in the next couple of years. Right, you got to think. With all the money that's being dished out, you got to think that's the case. So, crazy money to to players that I never thought would be seeing this type of money, like a Brock Osweiler, like a Chase Daniel. Uh, Outside of that, you look around the league, wide receivers are going places. Uh, Running back Matt Forte goes to the Jets. Right, So, we'll keep an eye on NFL free agency, and I'll continue to react to it, but I do not expect the Patriots to make any major moves. So that's why I never really I never really get too worked up about NFL free agency because I, one, never expect the Patriots to make that major signing. And two, most of the time, I usually look at it in a way in which I never really feel like the Patriots need to make that major move. Right? I told you, Dante Skarnecchia, offensive line coach, he's returning. To me, that's all I need. Let's get the season started. Right? And then, in the next couple years, if Gronk keeps it up, I hope you'll do something uh, to make him happy because you know he's got to, the wheels are going to be spinning. The, the business side of things and the businessman that Gronk is, because he is one, the wheels must be spinning when he looks around and sees some of the money that's being dished out to players who, I know, they're quarterbacks, they're the highest paid players, but they, you just can't convince me that some of these quarterbacks should be worth and paid more than someone like Rob Gronkowski. It's just, it doesn't make sense. But if you're Houston, I guess you got to do what you got to do. I, I do believe that Denver's probably the winner in that one, though. They they probably the winner in that one. But uh, we'll see. We'll We'll keep an eye on free agency and whatever goes down, I will react to it. But uh, that's what we got, and I got one more show. Tomorrow, last show before I take off for a week, 
I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to jump in that plane and take off and, and head down to the Dominican. Uh, but tomorrow I will close out the week with picks, picks, and I'll react to anything else that happens in NFL free agency, get back to some NBA news, some NHL news, and even some Major League Baseball spring training stuff, and anything else that happens in the world of sports, I'll react to it here five days a week, dannypicard.com. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page. Uh, anything else I missed today? I don't think so. This was just an NFL free agency show. Special thanks to Mike Giotti, Comcast Sportsnet New England, for joining me. And, uh, yeah. All right. One more show. I'll be back tomorrow, wrapping it up. Talk to you then.